Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Nash Tsunami podcast. Today, we are offering six conversations from episode 43, our Career Week interviews with Agent Diagnostics CEO Rachel Zayas and Novo Nordisk International Vice President Michelle Long. This final section of my interview with Agent Diagnostics CEO Rachel Zayas shifts quickly from the discussion of fundraising to one about intentionality. Rachel goes on to describe how her company started out to focus on hepatocellular carcinoma, the listening process that is listening to her market that led her to refocus on NASH and NAFLD, and some of the opportunities that accrued to Agent as a result of the switch. The rest of the conversation exemplifies the importance of strategic partnerships by focusing on Agent's partnership with the U.S. Department of Defense through the Henry Jackson Foundation. We each think we know a lot about the jobs we do, or at least I hope we do, but we know far less about other jobs we might find intriguing or valuable, and exactly what makes the people with whom we interact good at what they do. These interviews with Rachel Zayas and Michelle Long provide the kind of in-depth view into other career possibilities that most of us rarely encounter in everyday life. I'm not looking for a job in either of these situations, but I feel I learned a tremendous amount from both of them. I'm confident you will as well. So just sit back, listen, learn, enjoy. And when you're done, join the dialogue in the LinkedIn discussion group. Is there anything that's not obvious about what you want to do in a um, pitch like that that you're comfortable sharing with a broader audience? Rachel Zayas. We didn't start here randomly. So we did a year and a half, maybe two years of product market fit and, and conducting customer discovery to get to where we are today. So we didn't just happen upon NASH and and, uh, and liver diseases. We spoke to the market to get here. So a lot of things that are not obvious is that this is the shiny box present that that you present out to the world, but there's a lot of work that goes into every element beneath the surface. There are years and years of research, pivoting, intentionality for every aspect of the company that one often does not see in these competitions. Do I recall correctly that you actually started out not in the liver, but in oncology, I remember correctly? Yeah. So we actually started out in the liver, but with a pedicellar carcinoma. And we were traveling for a grant that we had gotten with the National Science Foundation, um, maybe four or five years ago, and we were at a hepatology conference at MD Anderson, and there was a transplant surgeon that had said that, who cares about developing tools for liver cancer? If you don't know who's high risk for liver cancer, you will never catch these patients early. So I said, okay, tell me more. Where do you, where do you recommend starting and why? How efficacious are the tools that are currently there? How big is this problem? And that's when we pivoted to NASH. Of course, we took that one data point from that sample size of one. And then we went to five other conferences to talk to several hundred other physicians, payers, and key stakeholders to really ensure efficacy of that of that hypothesis before we pivoted to NASH. So um, we didn't start here. And you have to be humble, open, and admit when you're wrong. That's just part of the entrepreneurship journey. We have an audience of people who play various roles in this system. Well, let's say with this process for a minute, and then I'll go back to agent at the end. What else would you like to share with people about how this process works? So that'd be the first question. Then I've got two more. The process of fundraising or the process to get a, a commercialized product to market? I was going to start on fundraising, and then I was going to step back and say, okay, where does that fit into getting to market? So, so you could take them both at once, all right? I think that one important know-how with fundraising, and I, and I mentioned it a, a little bit earlier, but I'll, I'll drive this home here, is that you need to be very intentional with what investors you allow on your cap table. 
I think that just as um, team it is important, every stakeholder in your company is important too. So you need to do your due diligence on them. We do reference checks. We do multiple reference checks. Uh, we talk to other founders that work with investors to really get a firsthand experience of what it's like to work with them long-term because there's money out there. You can always raise money. If you are intentional, if you've identified product market fit, there's capital out there, but it's the right capital that will get you from point A to point B uh, seamlessly and, and supportive. So then that's the capital part, broadening beyond that to other keys to commercialization from where you sit right now. Strategic partnerships are quite critical. So it takes a village to get a product to market, it's not one team and one company, but rather an entire ecosystem. So while we're out here in California quite often to fundraise, we are a very proud to be a Maryland company. So Maryland has a wonderful VC fund called Tedco. So Tedco is our lead investor for this current round. And as part of that investment, what they did was they said, hey, the Henry Jackson Foundation is recruiting new biotech companies to their labs. So the Henry Jackson Foundation is a congressionally mandated nonprofit of the U.S. military focused on the advancement of military medicine. So as part of our investment from TEDCO, they said, would you move your headquarters to this space to continue to build and grow within Henry Jackson Foundation and the greater DOD? So we were quite ecstatic at the opportunity because this comes with lab space partnerships within DOD and things of that sort that really we couldn't fathom or execute successfully on our own. So this has opened the window to collaborations with Walter Reed Military Center, as well as a few other military centers throughout the, the United States and, the, and as well as the VA. And so you can't do it alone. These corporate and strategic partnerships are, are gold. So that's the most important thing that, that we've learned in the, in the last few months. So what benefits do you get out of working with DOD in particular? I mean, uh, there's a follow-up. I'll leave it there. So Henry Jackson Foundation, which is based out of Bethesda, Maryland, they have ample lab space and they are looking to recruit a different additional biotech companies to be out of their life science hub. So what this comes with is support for CLIA certification. So when we launch, which might be going into your next set, set of questions, but when we launch, we actually won't go through FDA approval first, but we'll actually go through CLIA approval. We'll certify the lab and launch as a lab developed test, otherwise known as an LDT. So working with Henry Jackson Foundation, they're certifying the labs to have CLIA certification. So this is expensive, both from a certification standpoint, as well as a lab equipment standpoint. It's nuanced and they've done this previously. So these partnerships allow us to get to market in a time, cost-effective and strategic manner with those who have done so previously and successfully. Okay. So then keep rolling and tell us why Clio LDT is compared to FDA approval. Back to what I was uh, alluding to earlier in the sense that while 2,000 patients may be an ample sample size to show efficacy of our tools, we see a cost and time effective strategy of going through CLIA first before then going through the FDA. So this allows us to then perform in the market for two to three years to ensure efficacy of our tools. So in the event that we have introduced bias into our analysis from our 
preclinical studies. What this will allow us to do is ensure that we can have a successful market launch. So CLIA is cheaper um, and faster than going through FDA, and it allows us to operate in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. And, you know, there's always limitations to both paths, but CLIA is a means to the next stage of development. I love there. Okay, great. So if everything went well, when would we expect to see your first product in market? We're looking at maybe Q3 of, of 2025. So we're looking at the next 18 to, to 24 four months uh, away from market launch. Cool. That's great. I think that's, for, as far as I go, that's it for today. Uh, so we've talked to you a bunch on this podcast. It's always been about science. And you're one of the few people we deal with regularly who's doing what you're doing. So, and as I said, we do get questions from time to time from people saying, what should I be thinking about as I start to build my business, as I start to raise money, as I start to, as I start to. So this is great for all that. I'm hoping you'll be able to join our ASLD coverage and go back to talking about epigenetics, microbiome, basic science, all the things that our audience does and loves you for best. And now, back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please put them in the review section of the page from which you downloaded the conversation or send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. We'll be back next week with a more typical tsunami episode, this one focusing on patient screening and women's health issues. Until then, stay safe, surf on. We'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now.